detoxification, intravenous vitamins, bioidentical hormone therapies, and more on the web at optionsinhealing.com or 217-8878. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Feel like escaping every once in a while? Join me, Fritz Homans, every Wednesday afternoon from 2 to 4 at the Blues Station. We'll shuffle out of town on track 145 and explore the well-known and not-so-well-known blues artists from coast to coast. Good blues is more than just playing notes, and we'll explore those artists who understand that concept and who play with their soul and their passion. You can count on a good escape on Wednesday afternoons. Lots of good insight into the artists who are bringing us the best of the blues and their music. All aboard for the Blues Station. That's every Wednesday from 2 to 4, right here on Community Radio, WERU-FM, 89.9 in Blue Hill, 99.9 in Bangor, and all over the world, online at WERU.org. Support for WERU comes from our listeners and from the Mabel Wadsworth Women's Health Center providing comprehensive reproductive and sexual health services for all women of all ages and all stages since 1984. Insurance, main care, dirigo, and self-pay accepted. MabelWadsworth.org. It's 10 o'clock here in East Orland, and it's time for Healthy Options. Good morning. I'm Cynthia Swan. I'm your host today. And my guest is Melanie Rose Schofield. Melanie is a clinical herbalist and holistic health educator. She's a holistic health practitioner located in Rockport, Maine. Melanie works primarily with herbs, nutrition, healing movement, flower essences, cutting-edge natural supplements, guided meditation, breathing, and spiritual chanting. Her methods are based in Chinese, Western, Ayurvedic, and Native American healing traditions. She provides custom herbal blends made from organic and ethically wildcrafted herbs, helping clients with a host of challenges, including but not limited to anxiety, depression, digestive issues, hormonal imbalances, chronic illness, and fatigue. Melanie has over 10 years of experience working in the natural products industry and completed her nutritional consultant training with the Global College of Natural Medicine in 2005. In 2007, she completed her advanced clinical herbalist training with the Boston School of Herbal Studies and has continued her studies with master teachers from around the world. Currently, she serves as core faculty for the Boston School of Herbal Studies and leads seven-month apprenticeship courses, periodic workshops, and plant walks in the Boston area as well as in Midcoast, Maine. And her main passion is teaching others to cultivate their innate wisdom and fine-tune their own intuitive abilities. I'm going to give you her Facebook page, which is Earth Walk School of Herbal Traditions in Rockport. And I'm going to give you a website because we're going to talk about raw chocolate and raw chocolate recipes. And you can also find these recipes on her website, which is rosebearmedicinals.com. And for more information about her school, earthwalkherbalschool.com. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you, Cynthia. It's an honor to be here with you today. Well, let's talk about chocolate. I mean, how did you even get in to involved in making raw chocolate? Okay, so I think I've always been a chocolate lover. I think you're either a chocolate lover or you're just not really into it. And fortunately, I haven't met too many people that aren't that into chocolate, but they do exist. But I would say... Um, the pivotal moment for me in my life was when I took a trip to Costa Rica in 2006 and I was driving around and I came across this little shack on the side of the road with an old wooden sign that said chocolate, herbs, medicine, come on in. Wow. And, and I thought, <laughs> oh my gosh, this place is for me as an herbalist. I'm jumping up and down with joy. Um, calling so, to you. Calling to me. So I, I wandered around her shack, and I found this little old woman. Her name was Philomena. 
and she didn't speak a lick of English, and I spoke very little Spanish, but we were able to communicate, and she could see that I was really fascinated. She sold pots of plants outside of her house, and they were all medicinal, and in the back of her little shack, she had cacao trees, Theobroma cacao, and um, she could see how enthused I was about it. She actually took me around back, and we harvested the pods, so I got to see the fruit and, and the beans inside. She taught me how to roast them, and we made chocolate together. It was my first time. Oh, how cool And it was an incredible that? blessing, and not only did we make just regular chocolate, um, we made medicinal chocolates as well. She had all different varieties of chocolates in her little shack. She had cinnamon chocolate and chocolate for women's health. And so a light bulb just went out, just went on in my head ever mm -hmm. since that experience. And I thought, oh, my God. You know, it's, it's one thing to consume a good quality chocolate and one that's reasonably healthy. But when I got back from that trip is I think when I discovered the raw cacao and, you know, you don't have to roast it. Roasting cacao is okay. It provides a wonderful flavor. It's not particularly unhealthy. But if you want to keep all of those antioxidants in the chocolate, you can, you can get a lot more of them if you don't roast them out. So it's better basically. to have it raw in terms of health. Yeah, it's better to have it raw. And, and you know, most people say, well, it, raw chocolate is not really raw chocolate because it does go through a fermentation process. And that's necessary. It needs to go through its own fermentation process. So it heats naturally by itself, but it's not roasted to high degrees of heat that would destroy the, the healthy antioxidants that are present in it. Okay, so, so that was your introduction. Boy, you really got it, quite an education from her in Costa Rica. I did. So <laughs> you did it from like soup to nuts. You got to do the whole deal I got to, to see the, the chocolate deal. process. So I, I, just so listeners know, I met um, Melanie because the Good Turn Co-op, where I'm a education committee member in Rockland, had Melanie come and do this chocolate-making workshop, which just rocked the place. It was the largest group of attendees we ever had at the Good Turn Co-op for an educational outreach. And um, it was amazing. And so I asked her to come on board here to Healthy Options to talk more about how to make chocolate and recipes and also the medicinal add-ons because you had several things going that way day. Mm -hmm. You had the sauce. You had, um, I mean, just everything. It mm -hmm. was amazing. So I don't know. I'm going to let you take it. Where do you want to start? Okay. Well, I think ever since that experience that I had in Costa Rica uh, led me to be more of a kitchen witch and mm -hmm. tinkering, tinkering around with herbs. You know, what herbs? Can, how can I use chocolate as a base to deliver herbs to people that don't like the taste of herbs? Because when you're taking herbal medicine, sometimes tinctures taste awful. And yeah, it's they taste bitter. like dirt sometimes. And especially right? for kids, they hate taking things that taste bitter. So, yeah. you know, how can we mask this into something that actually tastes good and is reasonably healthy for you, actually very healthy for you. Um, so when I did the class in Rockland at the Good Turn, we had a table of herbs that we could put into the chocolates that we were making. We had a station for making chocolate sauces, and then we had a station for doing hard chocolates. And we used coconut oil in that. When you refrigerate the coconut oil, it hardens the chocolate within 10 minutes. It's very easy to make. And I'll give you some recipes in just a little bit for how to make some of these. But some of the herbs that we chose to put into the chocolates were ashwagandha, which is an ancient Ayurvedic herb, actually. It's used for bringing back energy levels, helping you to sleep better at night. Um, it's an herb that I think of that helps to recalibrate the circadian rhythms. Oftentimes, we're, we're left to be very tired and fatigued during the day, but we can't sleep at night. Mm -hmm. So ashwagandha is a very safe and wonderful um, age-old herb that has worked for, for many, many centuries. Um, another thing that we were putting in there was reishi mushroom and chaga mm. mushroom, you know, the medicinal mushrooms, which are incredible for immune system health and support. Um, we also were using spirulina and blue-green algae in some of them. And sometimes we were just using herbs like turmeric and cinnamon and cayenne pepper, so all of them which have their own health properties. So turmeric, anti-inflammatory. Turmeric is anti-inflammatory. Uh, cinnamon has blood sugar balancing properties. Insulin, okay. Yep, balancing insulin levels. And, and cayenne. Um, and cayenne pepper is just, you know, it's dispersing. It's it's good if you're running cold, just to spice oh, warm, up, warm warms you up. warms you up like ginger Ab Absolutely. Does. Okay. Yeah. Great. So you so then um, 
Is there like a a favorite elixir that I have made rose chocolate. So you can make aphrodisiac Ooh. chocolates by adding vanilla extract and rose extract to it. So there there are oh, it's I not quite medicinal, but uh, it feeds the soul for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, and I know rose from my aromatherapist friends. They're always saying that that's the highest frequency in the rose. They'll talk about mm. uh, frequency of the um, flowers for essences. It does have a high energetic frequency for sure. It elevates you. Yeah. yeah. A, a mood lifter. And- Yes, as well. mood lifter while sedating you at the same time, really calming the nervous system. Um, maca is another superfood that I'll often add now to that's chocolate. Peruvian. It's Peruvian. It's actually the highest altitude growing crop in the world. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. And, and that's, adapt- that's an adaptogenic herb. It's an adaptogenic herb. herb. It helps to balance out the hormones. A lot of women that are going through perimenopause and menopause will use maca to help balance out the hormones during that transition. Um, but it also is an aphrodisiac, so it's it's ah. beneficial to both men and women. Okay, so that's why we'll, we'll see like these super powders being sold. You mentioned spirulina and blue green algae. Mm-hmm. Um, what what's the benefit? of the spirulina in the body? Is it because it's just a green source? A concentrated it's a super green, green food, exactly. It's very nutrient-dense. Um, it actually has a bit of protein in there with it. And I would imagine the B vitamins. B vitamins, likely. yep, okay. absolutely. It's a great source of vegan B vitamins. So that's why so many of the vegans and the raw foodies like to take it as mm-hmm. that powder, okay, as right. a supplement. And the blue-green algae, too, is great for mental function. If you're, if you're feeling really foggy-brained and you need more energy um, and just and that would as have an antidepressive, it, right? too. It actually is helpful as an antidepressive, as it's chocolate in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. So um, is, there, is there like a favorite recipe besides the the rose that you can share simply absolutely or? I can share um this is a base recipe that I came up with and I, at the time when I put this together I was using chaga mushroom powder and reishi mushroom powder now chaga is like I'm hearing this like it's all of a sudden become over the past five six years the you know like the king or queen of mushrooms it chaga is the Siberian superfood and it really gained popularity in the 1950s and we have it here in Maine and it's, we it's have a fungus, it growing here in Maine it, that it grows is on the, the is it the birch trees it grows on or it does it grows on the birch trees okay. here it loves birch trees and it is a mushroom it's a oh, okay. it's a bizarre looking mushroom you wouldn't necessarily look hard, at it it's hard it? yeah it's concentrated mycelia of the mushroom that bulges its way out of the side of the tree so um, you harvest that, and then you have to pulverize it? You have to pulverize it. it. Well, I, I actually purchase my mushrooms somewhere else because it's a rigorous process trying to make a powdered mushroom extract because you can't just take a medicinal mushroom and pulverize it and call it good. Oh, okay. Mushrooms have an incredibly hard cell wall that needs to be broken down. So um, it, they need to go through a steaming process yeah, in order to break it down. Yeah, I thought they had to be heat-treated They or do something. need to. It's either has to, it has to go through a steaming process or a hot water extraction or an alcohol extraction process. Okay. So I go through a company um, called Mushroom Harvest. They're wonderful. They're out of Ohio. Oh, okay. And they have affordable mushroom powders, which I, I recommend to people because if you are experiencing cancer, or a debilitating illness of some kind when you're going to be needing quite a lot of of this product. Mushrooms can be quite expensive. Right. And um, they're affordable because they don't advertise in a large way. Is it important that they're... Um, organic, or is it more important that they're wildcrafted? Does it matter? I think um, that sometimes confuses people. I mean, I think it's wonderful to make sure you're getting an organic mushroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are wildcrafting, you really need to know your environment because mushrooms are like sponges. Right, they and pick up they, everything. They do, they pick up everything. So you need to know if you're harvesting in a pristine area. But if you're if you're not sure about it, I would purchase an organic source. Um, anyway, back to the chocolate. Okay. So... I was using medicinal mushrooms because they naturally lend themselves to the chocolate flavor. They, in and of themselves, have chocolatey overtones. And when you mix them with the chocolate, you can use half cacao powder and half mushroom powder, and it tastes just like chocolate. You cannot tell that there's any mushrooms in it whatsoever. Because people hear, mushroom, chocolate, that sounds disgusting. Why would I want to eat that? It actually is delicious, and it's a way that you can get your medicine in. Excellent. So here is um, my chaga fudge recipe, and this is on my 
one of my websites, rosebearmedicinals.com on the blog. And this was my first foundational recipe. And you can switch this up in whatever way you like it. But the ingredients are chaga mushroom powder, cacao powder, that's the raw chocolate, Mm -hmm. um, coconut oil, and raw honey. If you don't do honey, you can use maple syrup, uh, vanilla extract, and a little Himalayan pink sea salt. And depending on how much of this that you're making, you really just eyeball it. I tend not to do a lot of measuring in my own kitchen, um, but you can find your own measurements. And like I said, depending on how much you're making, you just do half of the half chaga powder to half cacao powder, equal parts. And then in a on the stove, just melt the coconut oil enough not to heat it to not True. to cook it, right. but just enough to melt it, make it soft, and then work that into the powder. And the same thing with the raw, raw honey. Sometimes raw honey is runny, and sometimes, yeah, and sometimes it's, it's hard really and crystallized. It's or, yeah. Right. So you can do a couple of things, which is to put your jar of raw honey in a in a pot of boiled water, and mm-hmm. just you know allow it to liquefy again, or um, just put a little bit on very low heat on the stove once again, because raw honey has a ton of medicinal properties to it, and you don't want to cook that off either. You want it in its raw state, so don't heat it up too high. Um, liquefy that, then also work that into your powder. Everyone has different taste buds and, mm-hmm. and different... As to how sweet they As want to how something. sweet you want it. So you just put as much as you want in. And then just a teaspoon of vanilla extract and a pinch of Himalayan pink sea salt. And this is the base for chaga fudge. And you work it into a consistency that starts to get a little bit thick enough to form into balls. Okay. If you want to put ball, you know, shapes or something like that mm-hmm. or put them in cookie cutters. I remember at the class you were using some molds. We had that, chocolate molds. Yeah, yeah, somebody had some silicone chocolate molds, they butterflies were, or something, yeah. and you were pouring it into that. So that's what we did. We made butterfly chaga chocolates. Mm-hmm. And you just need to refrigerate it for about 10 minutes, and it hardens right up, and they're done. Now, you can add anything you want in this, right? I mm-hmm. mean, like you can add dried fruit. If you oh, want, absolutely. you can add nuts, you, you can, can add coconut, coconut flakes, um, goji berries on top. What else did we do in that class? Sky's the limit. I like think you I said, put it's some a, cayenne pepper in one of them. And we it did. It had a little bit of a kick to it. And you that can was... put chai spices. You can go crazy and put in some curry powder. I mean, whatever flavors you want to work with. So I'd... if you want to take turmeric or turmeric, yes. you, you could throw in that. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you're saying you can use the chocolate. I, I want to understand this right. Mm-hmm. You're using the chocolate also as a delivery system for medicinal um, herbs and, um, well, for medicine. Absolutely. Food is medicine, and that's how I live my life. And I'm not going to deprive myself of some dessert every now and then. So right. why not make it healthful and wonderful, and it can taste good at the same time? Yeah, I thought the goji berry was pretty pretty cool. That was nice and sweet, too. And another superfood, the goji berry, another antioxidant, mm-hmm. right? High in antioxidants. Mm-hmm. So they can take that basic foundation mm-hmm. of coconut oil, cacao, and honey, mm-hmm. and then add... Whatever. whatever you want. Yeah, I just encourage people to play. It's fun. And, and it's with those three activity, ingredients, it's a great kids' activity. People, Kids love making their own chocolate. They love it. My son asks me if we can make chocolate all the time. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And you and I, I remember you were putting some just on parchment. It wasn't completely solidified, but you were mm-hmm. putting it on pieces of parchment. Mm-hmm. And by the time it came out of the cooler, it was totally solid. Right. So that's a good point. If um, you keep it at room temperature, it'll stay soft enough. So if you wanted to make your own type of a Nutella spread, okay. but have it be organic and raw and healthy and delicious, um, you can just leave it out and it will keep for a good long time. Uh, if you refrigerate it, it's going to get hard. Uh However, if you wanted to make a real chocolate sauce, what I use instead of coconut oil is I use a flax oil. Oh, and flax that, oil. that keeps it liquid even in the refrigerator. And I actually brought some today. I know. I can see it I sitting in front. Up, gonna, I know we're going to have to let everybody around have a little taste you, of this. We will all it, have to try it. It looks phenomenal. So this sauce that you have sitting in front of me that I'm already salivating mm-hmm. over, um, it has flax seed oil? Yep. It has the raw cacao powder. It has organic flaxseed oil in it. 
and which is also, you know, it's wonderful for the skin. It's good for a number of things. Omegas. Um, omegas. And also flaxseed is also good in my readings for women who have PMS symptoms or hot flashes and whatnot, that flax yeah. is recommended for them. It can be helpful if you're deficient. It depends on the reason for the hot flashes, I would say. Okay. But um, I've had people with dry eyes and dry skin mm-hmm. start to get on some flaxseed oil and it, it, cures it right up for dogs too people who have dogs with dry itchy skin just squirt a little flax oil in their dog food bowl it works wonders um so this sauce again so it's got the raw cacao powder the flaxseed oil a touch of maple syrup and i find that when you're vaping when you're working with maple syrup it's much sweeter than working with honey so you do need to use less okay um and then i put in just again a touch of sea salt and the vanilla extract Mm. And it was, it took me two minutes to whip this up this morning, but I wanted to bring some for you because we can't just sit here and talk about chocolate and not Without eat it. having it here. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're just joining us, my guest is Melanie Rose Schofield, and Melanie is a clinical herbalist and a holistic health educator, as well as I've been discovering um, an amazing musician, and I hope we can get to that. Uh, but we're talking about raw chocolate recipes, but we're going to get into... Um, herbs is medicine, food is medicine, and we're, so there are other topics we want to spin off on. But if you want to get a hold of Melanie, I'm going to suggest her Facebook page, Earthwalk School of Herbal Traditions in Rockport, and her uh, site where you'll get this recipe, these recipes we've actually been talking about, which is on, um, on the net, rosebearmedicinals.com. And then um, I'm hoping we can talk about her herbal school a little bit, earthwalkherbalschool.com, and that's another aspect of her professional life and what she does. I want to segue from chocolates, um, and I want to just um, ask herbs in general. Um, you, you talked about herbs and, and food as medicine. What, how, what's your philosophy about all that? How do you come to all that? That, that way of thinking? That's a good question. Um, years ago, somebody helped me understand the concept of the health continuum. So if you imagine this horizontal line with a decline in health on one side to your left mm-hmm. and an increase of health on the right side, there's mm-hmm. this broad spectrum of health that we all experience. We're all ebbing and flowing on this line. Every choice that you make, whether it's a thought or something that you say or something that you put into your body, helps shift where you are on this health continuum. So, you know, instead of making really poor food choices that are going to keep sending us down the wrong side of the of this spectrum, why not let everything be a positive choice? You know, why don't why aren't we always moving toward and it's that a dynamic side? continuum because nobody is you're not static, we're right? Always... We're, we're always achieving homeostasis, exactly. So, or re- trying to reach homeostasis, but um, yeah, so that I, I guess that is my philosophy is let food be your medicine. And a while back, you asked me, are herbs, are herbs food? and medicine and how so and I I think my answer to that question is um, yes some herbs are food and medicine and some are just medicine because by nature an herb is any natural organic substance that is more powerful than our daily food so that we would use these plants or substances in a far lesser quantity so that's why we want to incorporate these herbs into our everyday food so food off the top of my head i think of we're getting into spring hopefully eventually it'll warm up and stay for a while mm-hmm. so we'll have dandelion leaves dandelion leaves so that's mm-hmm. a food uh, that's a food and that is a medicine Yes. Okay. So, so in some cases, they do overlap. Burdock root is another thing that we can blood be purifier. digging up. Yes, it's an alternative, which is a blood purifier. Exactly. It's a lymphatic mover. And this is something that we can harvest and dig up in the spring or in the fall. That's when we harvest our roots. But in the spring, of course, dandelions will be popping up everywhere. And dandelion leaves themselves are good for the liver and the kidneys. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, A tea of dandelion leaves is just as, if not more effective than an over-the-counter diuretic or a prescribed diuretic because it's a non-potassium depleting diuretic. You're actually replenishing your um, minerals and your potassium while you're consuming it as you are 
you know. So what's how how might you make properties. that dandelion tea? You go out and harvest. Do you are you taking off the flower or are you just doing the leaves themselves? Well, hopefully you're harvesting the the leaves before the flowers emerge. Okay. Because once the flowers come in, all of the energy of the plant is going into producing that flower. So the best time to harvest your leaves is before the dandelion actually flowers. And this goes for most plants when you're harvesting leaves. Okay, so to make it a tea, you want to get out there so, early before it flowers. Yes, exactly. And then you can also eat it by throwing it in your salad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can eat it raw, eat it cooked. Um, uh, so here's how you make an infusion of dandelion leaves. You get out there in early spring before it flowers, and you harvest your dandelion leaves, wash them off, chop them up, and put them in a quart-sized mason jar. Fill the mason jar with boiling water up to the top and let it sit for a few hours. And by that point, it will have extracted all of its minerals and wonderful healing So you're not properties. boiling it on the stove or on the heat source. You're boiling the water, and then you're immersing the mm-hmm. leaves in And it. that is an infusion. You're making an infusion of the dandelion leaves. And you're leaving it there for how long? I would say a couple of hours. And if you really want to get every single little drop of nutrition out of those leaves, you can even do it at night before you go to bed and then wake up in the morning and have this incredible health Drink. Tonic in the morning. Now, now can you um, can you reheat that? Should you reheat that? Um, any infusion or tea that you make should be used within two days. Okay, and so and you could reheat it. And so you use can it make again. it a little warmer, but you're not going to boil it. Yeah. Oh, the leaves. Yeah, you're going to have lost most of the uh, the nutrition in the leaves after that style of an infusion. You know, people who make tea and you let it steep for five or ten minutes, then you reuse the leaves. That's one thing. But a, an an infusion to this degree you're not going to get much out of the leaves the next time around. So you okay. can just compost them. So compost them after that. Mm-hmm. So dandelion is one of your um, key herbs as we start into spring. You know, I was taking a walk um, last weekend along the St. George River, and I was noticing what herbs were coming up. And it's it's nice to, to notice this because mm-hmm. if you're living with the seasons and nature is telling us, oh, this is coming up. This is something that you can pay attention to. Maybe this is something you need to work on in your body. And I was noticing colt's foot pop up. And I was noticing skunk cabbage flowers, which are such a bizarre life form. What do they look like? They, they, oh, they look alien to me, to be honest with you. They have these rubbery, thick purplish flowers with a hook on top you wouldn't even notice them or think that they were a flower if you were just walking by and you didn't know what they were and what's the medicinal quality for that um well so far these are all lung herbs and mullen oh. is the other one. Oh yes mullen I know. Mul- they're lung all herb. herbs for the lung skunk cabbage helps to relax the bronchioles and strangely enough I, so i'm getting be- over a cough right now so i've actually been needing some of these herbs so some of them could potentially help asthmatics? Absolutely. Skunk cabbage is a wonderful herb for an asthmatic, as is mullen. Um, mullen softens the lungs. It helps to open them up, and it helps to expectorate phlegms if there's any anything stuck in there. And it's so very it gentle. Rid of that mucus. It helps to get rid of the mucus, exactly. Colt's foot is a little bit stronger, and you have to be careful and really uh, know how to work with colt's foot because there is an alkaloid in it that can do damage to the liver over time. So it's not an herb that you would uh, utilize for long-term daily? It's not. It's an acute herb, exactly, and it's a practitioner herb. That's what I call something oh, where okay. there's an herb so with a little bit of toxicity. with somebody who knows exactly. what's going on. Really, okay. exactly. But, you know, the other two are completely safe But dandelion's fine. But skunk cabbage, if you harvest it, it's the roots that you need. Okay. Is yeah. it hard to get those roots out of the ground? Oh, it's skunk? always I know it's burdock fun. root is tough to <laughs> get that out. Burdock is tough to get out. The, th- the fun part about skunk cabbage is that it's one of the first flowers to emerge. And oftentimes the flowers are coming out when there's still snow on the ground. But it brings so much heat up. It's a heat-producing plant, and it will melt the snow around it, oh, interestingly wow. enough. Interesting. So you can always find skunk cabbage in the wee early spring when there's still snow like, we, like we've like we been experiencing yeah, right. here. 
Um, and it, it's pretty hardy. And it's always growing near the water, which means when you dig it up, you're sticking your hands in ice freezing cold <laughs> water. So it's really fun being an herbalist, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get to work in that environment. And there are these strange, thick, wormy like roots that you have to dig up, and then we tincture them. And, and um, you know, six weeks later, you've got a tincture of skunk cabbage. So it takes about a good six weeks to get that tincture. It does, yeah. To, to get the medicinal properties drawn out from it the It does. And I, I've never heard of a skunk cabbage tea or anything like that. I think you do need that alcohol in order to extract it. It's The roots are pretty tough. Whereas dandelion, you can just throw that fresh, um, mm-hmm. the fresh plant into the water, the Absolutely. boiling water, and you yeah. can just extract it that way. Mm-hmm. So there are different methods for these medicinals. If you're just joining us, this is Cynthia Swan for Healthy Options, and my guest is Melanie Rose Schofield. We're talking about raw chocolate recipes, we're talking about herbs now, and you're listening to WERU, 89.9 FM, 99.9 FM in blue, um, up in Bangor, and we're streaming WERU.org. My guest, Melanie, you can visit her Facebook page, Earthwalk School of Herbal Traditions in Rockport. And for the chocolate recipes we were talking about a little earlier, I'm going to direct you to her website, rosebearmedicinals.com. We're going to take a brief break, and then we'll be back and talk more, and we'll open the phone lines to your ideas, recipes, or questions for Melanie. Welcome back. Cynthia Swan with Healthy Options. My guest is clinical herbalist, holistic health educator, Melanie Rose Schofield. And we're talking about raw chocolates and herbals and more. So on that break, you were telling me you had another chocolate recipe that you wanted listeners to have access to. I do have another chocolate recipe. So we've already mentioned the chaga fudge recipe. And here is another one of my favorite recipes for a raw cacao mousse. I love mousse. So I didn't want this one to go left unsaid. So here are the ingredients you need to make a raw cacao mousse. You need one large avocado, one banana, three tablespoons of coconut oil, four tablespoons of raw cacao powder, two tablespoons of honey or maple syrup, and then an eighth of a teaspoon of sea salt. Mm. So basically, it's very, very simple. You take these ingredients and you throw them either in your food processor or if you have a Vitamix blender or something equivalent to that, a blend tech, um, you throw all of the ingredients in there and blend them until smooth. And then... You can either choose to uh, divvy up the portions. This makes about four servings. So you can put them in four separate bowls, or if it's just for you, you can put it just in one bowl. (laughs) (laughs) And eat it all. And put it in the refrigerator for about one hour, and then it is done. So Mm. this is a great um, dessert for having dinner guests over. It's always a crowd pleaser. Sounds good. Yes. And this is also on your website? 
this recipe? Um, this is not on my website, but I'd be happy to put it on there for people. Okay, and mm-hmm. so, uh, or on your Facebook page, one sure. or the other. Yeah, I'll so put it on Rose, the Facebook page. Okay, Good idea. so again, Earthwalk School of Herbal Traditions. We're going to get that chocolate mousse up on Facebook. Yes. Yay. With Good. a picture. With a picture. Excellent. <laughs> we'll get your mouth watering. Now, you had something else, though, that you also wanted to share, because we were talking about spring herbs. We were talking about spring herbs, and earlier before the show, Cynthia had asked me about what are my go-to herbs for the springtime, and I had to think about it, and I and I discovered there there is a tea that I tend to make every year around the springtime, um, but to preface that a little bit, I have to think back to Chinese medicine. So according to traditional Chinese medicine, spring is the time of the liver. So taking herbs to support the liver, like dandelion roots and leaves or nettles come up in the spring, burdock root, by doing some gentle spring cleansing to the liver, you're helping to clear out the heaviness and the excess of the wintertime, right? We tend to be a little bit more stagnant in the winter. We tend to eat a little bit heavier in the wintertime. So um, to rejuvenate yourself, you can work on cleansing the liver. Um, So here is a recipe for a tea that I've been using for a number of years, and I absolutely love it. And just as a warning, it does have a bitter flavor, but bitter is actually very healthy for us. And uh, people don't eat enough bitter foods in this culture. So this is a very excellent recipe. And the three herbs are blessed thistle, nettles, and fennel seeds. And this is the basis of your tea. That's it. You can either throw them all in a pot together, and I would do equal parts of everything, um, depending on how much you're, if you're just making a cup or a mug for yourself or a whole teapot or enough to last you for a few days, then, of course, the ratios will change. But just I would start with just a teaspoon of each, nettles, blessed thistle, and fennel. Um, you can Blessed thistle may be a little more challenging to find, but you can order it from Mountain Rose Herbs or Jeans Greens out of New York, uh, great herbal, organic herbal distributors. Um, you may find them at the local co-ops as mm-hmm. well around here. Uh, blessed thistle is a phenomenal liver herb, and it really helps to detoxify the, li- the liver gently. Um, and Fennel. then... Fennel is that in, uh, digestive system? Fennel, yeah, fennel is a digestive herb, and it gets things moving. It actually is soothing to the, to the digestive tract, but it's also known as a carminative. So if you're somebody who's gassy or if you have excess gas, um, it actually helps to move that through the body and make mm. you less gassy over time. Um, but also the reason for that is when you're working with the liver, um, you're you're helping the liver to release more bile, which gets the digestive system moving. So you would want to add a carminative herb just to make sure that everything is smoothly working through the digestive system. Um, nettles are a powerhouse of nutrients, um, minerals, and vitamins. It is probably our most premier superfood in New England, something that you can find around here. And they're in the co-op. Pe- people harvest them it's in some of the places. They just sell them in the co-op. Yes, and it is stinging nettle that we're talking about talking about right and people are like make a tea of this am I going to sting my mouth you're crazy lady but no actually when you when you heat them or when you dry them the stingers fall off so there's no risk of of stinging yourself whatsoever and nettles are a spring herb not only for their nutrition but because they have antihistaminic properties as well so everybody gearing up for allergy season would do well to be taking a little bit of nettles right now I want to take the nettles yeah so if you're just joining us This is Healthy Options. I'm Cynthia Swan, and my guest is Melanie Rose Schofield. You're listening to WERU 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 FM in Bangor, and streaming online, WERU.org. I'm going to open up the phone lines. Melanie and I are going to continue the discussion, but if you want to join us, please do. Our toll-free number is 1-866-625-625. 9378. And I'll give that to you again. 1-866-625-WERU. And it looks like we have somebody joining us. Catherine from Hamlet in Maine. Hi, Catherine. Welcome. From a little Hamlet. Oh, little Hamlet. Thank you. I'm so in love with this program. And Melanie, you are just such a wise, beautiful, beautiful being. Oh. But Thank I just you. wanted to say um, two things. First of all, um, as you well know, um, the Fukushima event is still going on and the radiation is bathing our planet. And, of course, the fungi, the shagas, the rishis, 
the black trumpets, all of them are taking in this radiation. So the company that you mentioned out in Ohio, I have heard of them because a friend of mine who harvests a lot of shaga wanted to send them some, but they, in their wisdom, the Ohio company, said, unless you have a Geiger counter, we really need to know what the isotope level is. Oh, good for them. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to say that. You probably know about that. And then, so I don't even harvest mushrooms anymore, unfortunately. I just look at them. But the singing nettle, I had an experience with. Um, I was helping a friend clean out her garden before it just, you know, took over, which it does every year. And I harvested, I don't know how many bushels, and my inner voice said, Captain, put gloves on. But I, <laughs> after a while, my fingers just didn't notice it anymore. I woke up the next day. I was paralyzed almost for four days. That's how much toxicity I took into my body. Wow. So people beware of that super energy of the stinging nettle. And, of course, it's all along the St. George River, as are the trout lilies and on and on. So I'll get off if you could just comment on the um, fungi, um, you know, uh, radiation thing. Thank okay. you, Catherine. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a good point, and I, I will comment on both if that's all right. Um, first of all, with the stinging nettle, um, I, you know, not only taking in toxicity, and, and you have to be aware of, you know, where you're harvesting and making sure you're harvesting from a, a very clean place, and not that you weren't, but also um, the stings themselves are detoxifying, and they, you know, they cause inflammation at first, but then create a state of uh, anti-inflammation. Is this like the whole so, bee sting idea with it arthritis? It is. It ah, is. A little bit of poison almost. Exactly. Is, and, ah. you know, everybody's body is different as, as to how they're going to respond to that. Mm. But also what can happen is at first it can really stir up a lot of, of toxins being ready to be released mm -hmm. in the body too. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a number of things could have happened there. Um, but overall, you know, I think nettles are wonderful. But Good point. Wear, wear gloves, just in case, if you're not ready for the stings. I like a few stings here and there, but I've never gone into a nettle patch and had excessive stinging like that. So mm. um, I'm, I'm glad that you're better now. Um, mushrooms the was mushroom, the next piece. The mushrooms. It's a good point. You know, I, I, I'm so glad that there are responsible companies out there with really high integrity that are aware of this and, and making precautionary, taking precautionary measures. Um there are pros and cons to wild mushrooms and organically grown mushrooms. So the organically grown mushrooms, you know, they're starting with the spores and they're growing the mycelium. And what they're doing is they're controlling the environment that the mushrooms are growing on. So they're keeping them in an environment um, so that they're not exposed to toxins and radioactivity. But... Um, the mushrooms in the wild are said to be stronger medicinally because they are growing in their element. And like adaptogenic herbs, we've talked about adaptogens like uh, rhodiola, for example, is a Siberian rock rose. It grows out of rocks in the most severe of climates. And because that plant has had to struggle and grow in those elements, it's, it has strength and power. And, you know, if it were coddled in a laboratory like some of these organic right. mushrooms are, maybe it's not going to be quite as strong. So I, I think there are pros and cons to this. If you know you're uh, living on the West Coast in an area that's been hit really hard by Fukushima, I would think twice about harvesting a mushroom. Right. Um, it would be good to know about the levels of toxicity, it, to, the the mushrooms growing out here in the northeast i don't think they're anywhere near the levels as they are in out in the west good point um, yeah good so point. but it, it's something to be aware of i'm still harvesting out here for myself i don't sell them and i don't give them to other people but you but use them because of your knowledge and your expertise you know what's safe and you you, you know where you are when you're i can harvesting. only hope I mean, i've never gotten sick from one and I'm, I'm still feeling pretty good and healthy i think we have another caller and i think this is yo Okay, Yo, you're on the air. Good morning. This is Yo in Tremont. Hello. You've spoken about uh, ordering herbs and chocolate, and I wonder if you could comment on the comparative usefulness of the herbs that grow right locally to where somebody lives and herbs that are exotic then are, are imported from another place. Uh, specifically chocolate. I, I'm a chocolate bunny myself. <laughs> and I wonder, would it be possible to cultivate chocolate in Maine? Thank you for putting on this program, and thank you to everyone for supporting Community Radio. Thank you, thank Yo. You. I'm going to let Melanie address that. 
I don't know anyone who's successfully grown cacao trees here. I think they're very finicky. Um, and even in the places where they do grow in Central and South America, parts of Africa, uh, they have blights. And it's, it's just really, they're a challenging tree. And so I don't think, who knows, maybe down the road in greenhouses or some special type of setting, uh, we could be able to grow enough of them to to make it worth our while. But I think they're really but tricky right now, tree. It's right all now, imported. just make sure you're harvesting from you know good good places, paying fair wages, organically grown. I think we have to stick with that for now. Excellent. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Healthy Options. My guest is Melanie Rose Schofield, a clinical herbalist, holistic health educator, and an accomplished musician. I still hope to talk a little bit about that. If you'd like to call in with a question or comment for Melanie, 1-866-625-9378. 1-866-625-WERU. Melanie, I want to take a jump here because your other hat, there are so many things that you do. And one of the other things that you're doing is you have this herbal school. Mm-hmm. And what is that? And how is that different from anything else perhaps that we've seen in Maine thus far? Um, Well, I moved to Maine almost three years ago, and I moved from Boston, where I was teaching, as you said, for the Boston School of Herbal Studies, leading seven-month-long apprenticeship courses. And at the end of this apprenticeship, the, the students walk away with a certification in herbalism, and we have various levels of these trainings. Um... When I moved to Maine, I was amazed to find, or mid-coast Maine, I was amazed to find that that doesn't exist here. There are wonderful places. Yeah, herbalists and places to purchase herbs, but nowhere to get a certification. So I have decided to bring that here, and that was the idea for Earthwalk School of Herbal Traditions. We begin our first apprenticeship this May, on May 14th, and we go through November. And where can they find more information on the school? So for more information on the school, you can go to the website, which is earthwalkherbalschool.com. And also on the Facebook page, once again, if you just find Earthwalk School of Herbal Traditions. So I had another question come in, so we're going to open this up. And I have a raw cacao question, but I'm going to hold off and let Mavis come on first. So Mavis um, from Sullivan, welcome. Good morning. Good morning a couple things to say about nettles. Uh-huh. Uh, first of all, about the stinging of nettles, um, there's a process of, of allowing yourself to be stung, you know, voluntarily by nettles. It's called urtication. Yes. Um, people with arthritis do this. Uh, and, in fact, I grow uh, nettles for that purpose. Wonderful. And although you do have to put up with the stinging and buzzing of the nettles, um, after that goes away, you can have quite pain-free intervals for, mm. for up to a week. Mm-hmm. So, so that. Um, I drink uh, nettle tea every day, uh, not a huge amount, about eight ounces. Mm-hmm. I've been doing so for, I guess I could say, many years. Um, I do have a lot of congestion, and I'm wondering if um, perhaps I've been overdoing it, if I should let that alone for a while. Well, I think it's good to take a break from anything that we can consume. Um, you know, we, we change our vitamins, we change our hair, shampoo. It's it's just good to switch things up a little bit. Changing your diet in general? Changing your diet so in general, So you can almost Absolutely. have, can you have too much of a good thing? I mean, it's a safer, but is, is it possible? I, I, maybe. Um, I, I'm not going to say that the nettles are the cause for the congestion. No, you know, it could even be like... Adding another herb to it, elderflowers are decongesting, finding another decongesting herb to add to the mix, or, or just, you know, taking a break from nettles, trying something else out for a while, and then going back to it. Yeah, something, uh, something else I'd like to bring up. Um, I, I am fruit intolerant. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you have an um, ingredient to suggest uh, that might be put in place of coconut oil. Oh, I see what you're saying. Instead of coconut oil. Well, you know, if can you um do you consume dairy at all? No. Okay. Can you do ghee at all? No. Okay, no ghee, no dairy. So you can actually oh, so you could not do could you do the cacao butter? Uh 
well, if it has butter in it, no. No, it's not butter from dairy. It's just the that's what they call the. It's the fat that naturally comes from the cacao yeah. pod yeah, from the seeds. So okay, yeah. So you can you can use that and just add that back to it. It's oh. wonderful. It's just harder to find around here. So yeah, I was never heard of it. Where's a, where's a source for cacao butter, Melanie? The same source where you would get chocolate. You know, oh, it's oh. all it, it's all from the same plant, right? It's oh, just okay. it's removed in the in the chocolate making process. Can you find it online though? Absolutely, can find it online. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any place around here that might carry it. Any store that is big on superfoods sometimes so will maybe sell cacao co-ops? butter. And if the co-op doesn't have it, they can order it for you. Um, I think Navitas is a company that you can, can order it N-A-V-I-T-I-S. Yes, they are a superfood company, and they do goji berries and raw cacao and all of this wonderful stuff. You can get cacao butter from Great. them. Great. Does that help, Mavis? Yes, thank you. I've written it down. Great. Excellent. Okay. Thanks Enjoy. for calling in. So again, if you want to make a call, one 625 9378 Melanie is here to answer your questions. We've got about 10 more minutes remaining in the show. And um, I wanted, John had somebody call in, and I think they were asking about, is raw cacao equal to cocoa? Is, was that it? I think it's cocoa. It, wh- is it? It's not. Cocoa is roasted. It's gone through a heating, high heat process, actually. Ah, okay. Cacao is is also. It looks like cocoa powder, but is the unheated, un unroasted. So it's raw. It's, it's the raw. And we didn't unrefined. actually talk about that about the health benefits and the differences between both. What are the benefits of raw cacao? Healthfully. So, well, you're getting all of the amazing antioxidants in the raw cacao. You're getting some of them in cocoa powder, not much. Okay. But you're getting most of them in the raw cacao, and those are the antioxidants, the anthocyanins that you will find in green tea and red wine, except in greater abundance, actually. So the catechins, the um, polyphenol antioxidants, it's the class of polyphenols, the anthocyanins, and they protect our cells from premature oxidation or the destruction of cells in the body. So um, and they protect it? the heart as oh, okay. well. They're a very, it's a heart-healthy food, actually. Cacao? But, yes, absolutely, because of the antioxidants. And when you think about um, cholesterol levels, it actually helps to manage cholesterol levels because of the high antioxidant activity and the healthy kinds of fats that are in it. Okay, and I've, I've read that there's a fair amount of magnesium. It's a wonderful amount of magnesium, yes. And it's hard to find foods that are that rich in magnesium nowadays. Another reason to eat your raw cacao. Yes. <laughs> and to make these wonderful recipes. Um, I want to ask you something. Now I'm going to segue. If anyone wants to call, feel free. But I'm, I want to jump into this other part of your life. And um, you're involved in, you're a musician. Mm-hmm. You just told me that um, earlier you're playing for the Bay Chamber Concerts. Yes. You're a... You, you play the clarinet, mm-hmm. and you also are in a group. You're a musician in a, a group called Bottomless Funk. Yes. How does this all fit into your life? Well, it's really a roundabout way, to be honest with you. Um, in 2001, I traveled to India. I had been going to music school. I went to the Boston Conservatory of Music and then Berklee College of Music. And I heard tabla, which is the North Indian classical drum. They're the drums that accompany sitars and all of those wonderful Indian instruments. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And I decided that I would go to India to study this instrument. So I I was there for about three months. And I was being very careful about what I was consuming because everybody talks about going to India and getting sick, right? Yep. I didn't want that to happen to me. But about three months into it, I got a little careless and I stopped washing my fruit and I just started eating things maybe a little more haphazardly. So I ended up getting dysentery and it was Ah. a horrible, horrible case of it. Um, I, I actually thought I was dying and I had somebody help me there. I went to a doctor and the doctor was wonderful. They were very holistically minded. And these are their their f- regular physicians. They're deeply entrenched in these old Ayurvedic ways. Yeah. And he even sent me to a homeopath. Wow. And the homeopathic uh, doctor cured me. When I was there, I got back to the United States and I had a relapse. And I didn't bring enough of the homeopathy back with me to treat myself. And there was n- doctors didn't know what to do with me. They kept putting me on antibiotics. And so long story short, I wrecked my digestive system. And this is how I entered herbal medicine. Oh, my goodness. So I, beca- I 
I worked in health food stores. I became a buyer. I was a national educator for uh, various uh, holistic companies and, and supplement companies. And, uh, of course, later became an herbalist. And uh, But now... I'm going back to music again. You're going full circle. I mean, music led you into your holistic health profession, and now your holistic health profession is leading me back to music. Is leading you back into music because now you're here on the mid coast in Rockport. And you're playing for Bay Chamber. I'm playing for Bay Chamber. I just recently started playing with um, Bay Chamber, the Odeon Orchestra, and doing uh, clarinet with them. We're playing Carmen's Bizet, and we're doing some Beethoven right now, and it's wonderful. And I just picked up the bass guitar about a year ago uh, for Bottomless Funk. Totally cool. Now, don't you have a performance, though? Coming. Oh well, actually, you know, I'm I'm doing another group called Jump, which is a, a West African drumming group, and we have a performance. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Coming up on April 23rd, which is a wonderful event that's happening in Camden. Uh, we're playing at High Mountain Hall on Saturday the 23rd from five to six. And if you want to come dance or drum to, to African, African drum, African absolutely, music? then please by all means come out and join us. And is this all on your Facebook page though? I will put it on there. It's yeah, right so now, but people the, can get on their Earthwalk School of Herbal Traditions yep. in Rockport. Wow. So African drumming, mm-hmm. clarinet, bass guitar. What is this bottomless funk? Bottomless Funk is a, is a band that my husband started. He okay. is a drummer and uh, also a jack of many trades himself. And um, we have a guitar player and a keyboard player and we're playing tunes of James Brown and the police and Bob Marley and Bill Withers and we are just having a funkalicious time doing all of this so we just recently played at the speakeasy in Rockland Mm -hmm. and uh, we have some gigs coming up later on in Rock Harbor and then later this summer we'll be at the speakeasy again so I'll be sure to make some announcements on Facebook yeah yeah excellent I, I don't know if we still, we have a few minutes remaining. Actually, we have about three minutes. So I want to, um, is there anything that we haven't shared that you may want to share? I mean, we didn't really talk about Rose Bear Medicinals. Um, we, you know, other resources. Is there anything in our time remaining that you would like people to know? Um, well, yes, I, w- I would say, you know, with the Earthwalk School of Herbal Traditions, we have a couple of spaces left in the apprenticeship. We have room for two more students to join us. So I would put that out there. If you'd like more information, you can contact me on the on my website page. And that's a seven-month commitment. I it's mean, that's a real commitment. It is. We'll be study. meeting two Saturdays a month for seven months. So it's doable. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think it's too overwhelming for people, and it, it it's uh, it's like adult day camp. Really. Yeah, yeah. Well, I bet it's <laughs> fun know, it's, because it's, it's hands really on. Fun. I'm sure we'll be as doing well. um, a lot of ritual stuff, like spiritual bathing, which was a technique I learned by a shaman from Ecuador. We'll be doing a lot of hands on stuff, how to make your own herbal, herbal medicine, and going through all the body systems too. Really learning the anatomy and physiology on a deeper level, and how to work with herbs and pair them with people. Excellent. Um, in the minutes remaining, any more resources that you want to share with listeners? Any other, um, any any other, you know, or websites or? Yeah, I, I would say um, if you're if you're an herbal lover, if you're just getting into herbal medicine and and would like to know more, there is a herb stock in Somerville, Massachusetts, which is an incredible uh, weekend affair. It's happening June 4th and 5th. I highly recommend going. There are free classes and workshops and, and it's called Herb Stock? Herb Stock. They have a website. It's Herb Stock, and I'll spell it for you. H-E-R-B-S-T-A-L-K. Like the stock of a plant instead cool. of Woodstock, you know. Mm-hmm. It's Herb Stock. Um, June 4th and 5th, there are free classes, workshops, intensives, herbal purveyors and vendors, and fantastic food. Excellent. So I just want to, in closing, I just want to thank you, Melanie, for being on the show today. You are a wealth of information. I want to um, remind listeners her Facebook page is the Earthwalk School of Herbal Traditions in Rockport and websites rosebearmedicinals.com for the recipes we talked about as well and Earthwalk Herbal School. I want to thank John Greenman for taking care of the board there. And um, I'm Cynthia Swan. Thank you for joining us on Healthy Options. And look up those raw cacao recipes. I think you'll be glad you did. 
Thank you, Cynthia. Just a few moments to take a quick look at the weather coming our way here in East Orland at 1057. It's 40 degrees outside, looking for a high of the upper 30s. We beat that. Southwest winds 5 to 10 miles an hour with gusts up to 20 miles an hour. Tonight, cloudy, a chance of snow in the evening, then rain and snow likely after, ten, after midnight. Snow accumulations around an inch. Lows in the lower 30s, south winds 10 to 15 miles an hour with gusts up to 25 miles an hour. Chance of precipitation 70% tonight. Tomorrow, uh, rain highs in the upper 40s, south winds 10 to, f- 10 to 20 miles an hour with gusts up to 30 miles an hour. Chance of rain near 100%. And tomorrow night, lows in the mid 40s and Friday highs in the upper 40s looking a little brighter. Here at WERU, 89.9 in Blue Hill, 99.9 in Bangor, and streaming at WERU.org. Support for WERU comes from Susan Bakley and Chris Marshall at the 13th Moon Center in Montville, offering shamanic healing, art from the heart, through art, therapy, and classes since 1985. More information is available at 13thmooncenter.net, all spelled out, or 589-3063. Rats with Wings. That's how people often refer to herring gulls and great blackback gulls because these birds seem so common, so ubiquitous, that they're practically a nuisance. But scientists report that gull populations on the